Have you ever wondered why anyone drinks Malort? Or if there are actually lobsters in the Chicago River? Then listen to the Curious City podcast, where we answer all your questions about Chicago and the region. WBEZ's Curious City is part of the NPR network and available wherever you find your podcasts. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. All week, we've been bringing you the latest in our series, Closing the Gap. The gap in this case is the major disparities between white residents and people of color in the Chicago area. And we're trying to help close those gaps by talking with people who are working on solutions. This week, we've focused on transit and transportation. And we're wrapping things up today with three local officials working to bring justice and equity to our transit system. But first, here's a quick recap of some of the conversations you've heard this week. That kind of was slapped in the face a few years ago when I did a study on adolescents of color and I was asking about their active transportation behaviors. And they just kind of went in in it and said, well, my mom tells me I can't go down the street. And I'm like, well, why can't you go down that street? Well, because they don't like black people. So what do we do? We measure public transit ridership. Oh, public transit going down. Let's defund public transit. What if we change the narrative by changing the metric? What if we looked at access-based metrics? Let's look at demand-based metrics. You will find that the demand for public transit has never been higher. We have around 4.5 million minority people in Chicago metropolitan area. 12% or 13% of them are living in transit deserts. That's over half a million minority population in Chicago area living in transit deserts. That phrase, walking while black, biking while black, running while black, it's become a phrase that it really can be deadly. Coming up, we'll hear from the head of the RTA, the Regional Transportation Authority. But first, let's talk about the Fair Transit South Cook pilot program. It aims to give Chicagoans and South Suburbanites discounted fares on certain metro lines, plus more bus service to the 95th Street Red Line Terminal. Here to talk more about the program is Cook County Board President Tony Preckwinkle and Jennifer Sis Killen. She's superintendent of the Cook County Department of Transportation and Highways. Thank you both and welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for inviting us. Sis, I'll start with you. Let's talk about the cost of transportation as is for Metra. Uh, It can get quite expensive for people that are coming in from the last zone to downtown, $9.50, just one way, right? Mm-hmm. So we're thinking about the cost of Metra and the efficient form of transportation that it provides. Madam President had a goal with the launch of the fare transit pilot to take a look at those fares and make sure that we could provide more equitable opportunities for residents of South Cook to utilize the Metra service. And as part of this pilot, fares have been reduced up to 50%. We are seeing those applied to the one-way tickets, the 10-ride ticket, as well as the monthly tickets, with the goal being to make these opportunities more affordable and to draw new users to transit and to provide a much-needed break to those who may be experiencing hardship with their current price of the fares. Yeah, ridership has gone down as metro prices have gone up. And this is true for all lines, although it might sound like it's only a quarter more here or there. Folks still need a reliable way to commute. And that's exactly what Madam President has sought to do with Fair Transit is to provide transit options. We're looking to provide relief for existing riders. We're also trying to provide reduced fares and increased access and opportunity to bring new riders to the system. We recognize in this time that many residents in South Cook spend up to 50% of their income on transportation, and we knew that relief was needed. 
President Preckwinkle, you know, listeners might assume that when we talk about Metra, that we're talking about the suburbs. But the fact is, Metra also serves city residents too, right? Across all of the lines, around 35% of riders are Chicago residents. Did that go into planning for which Metro lines to choose? Well, sure enough. And, and actually, the two lines that we're focused on are the Metro Electric and the Rock Island line, which serve both the south side of Chicago and our south suburbs. I'm a big believer in public transit. Uh, when I was an alderman, I often took the bus downtown to work. And I am very grateful for Metro's cooperation. We've also worked with PACE, I should point out, to increase their service on the Halstead 352 route, which is the most heavily utilized uh, route in the entire PACE system. We hear how this is an approach for equity. And I'm sure many other riders would also want a discount for tickets, right? Because thinking of, you know, Southsiders are underserved in terms of transportation as well. You know, many riders are essential workers. Residents in the South Side and South Suburbs score lower in the social vulnerability, according to the Cook County Census. Sure. I mean, when we put together our long-range transportation plan, this helped me out, I think it was 2014, one of the things we looked at was how various parts of the county are, are served by public transit, and public transit options were the fewest, the lowest, for people on the South Side and the South Suburbs. So we focused on those two parts of the county, the South Side of Chicago and our South Suburbs, because they have... Uh, the fewest public transportation options. So it it is about equity, yes. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. And as part of our ongoing series, Closing the Gap, I'm talking with Tony Preckwinkle, president of the Cook County Board of Commissioners, and Jennifer Siskillen, the superintendent of the Cook County Department of Transportation and Highways. We're talking about their program for fair and equitable transportation for the south side and south suburbs. Sis, the program, as we mentioned, it's only supposed to be in place for three years and ridership is down because of the pandemic. How's that going to affect the evaluation of this program? Well, the data is something that we're going to be keeping a very close eye on. We know that commuting patterns have changed with the pandemic, but this is something that Madam President has been moving towards far before we knew what the COVID pandemic was going to be. We knew that we needed to provide the relief. We are going to be working very collaboratively with both Metra and PACE over this three-year pilot period. And the important thing here is that it is a pilot. It gives all of the agencies involved the opportunity to be a little flexible with how we are rolling it out and what data we seek to collect as part of it and understanding that it may be a while till we see regular commuting patterns come back in. But you had mentioned the dip in ridership or the decline. What we have found on these two lines is that they were the carriers of the majority of the essential workers during the pandemic, the exact group of individuals that we sought to help with the launch of this pilot. But we are looking at, you know, line data. We're looking at station data. We're looking to see how these two lines compare in recovery to the rest of the metro lines on the system. We are coordinating with PACE to see how their ridership numbers have increased. And as Madam President had mentioned, on the Halstead 352 route, the most heavily traveled route in the PACE system. And it's also the one that provides 24-hour service. We are looking to see how this, this pilot can promote additional ridership opportunities, not only for our residents, but how it unlocks a very robust workforce for our businesses. And those are the numbers that we're going to be paying close attention to during this pilot. So we continue to document its success. President Preckwinkle, back when the pilot program was still being prepared, it was thought that CTA could also play a part here in the, in the fair transit South Cook. Uh, Mayor Lightfoot said that the reduced fare would diminish ridership for CTA and ultimately chose not to be a part of the program. 
Uh, now, it might be early to look at results, and we're still in the middle of a pandemic that's affecting ridership, of course. But have we really seen smaller ridership for CTA because of Metra? I frankly don't know. And given the fact that we're only three months into this, I think it'd be inappropriate to make any assessment at this point. You know, we, we hope that a CTA will decide at some point down the road to work with us, and we would welcome their collaboration. A couple of parting questions for you both. Uh, President Preckwinkle, I'll start with you. CTA, PACE, and Metra, they've only got discounted fares for students, um, people with disabilities, and, and seniors. Cities like New York and San Francisco and Denver, however, they've been able to give discounted fares to riders who live under the poverty line as well. What's stopping us from doing that here? Well, I don't run the transit agencies. Uh, what we're trying to do on the county side is support public transportation access for people on the south side of Chicago and in our south suburbs. As I said, these are the parts of the county that are least well served by public transit. Uh, some of these larger issues around who should receive subsidies to support their public transit access, I think, are beyond us at the moment. We're focused on this pilot to try to figure out if we can make this work. We hope, as I said, for CTA's collaboration at some point in the future, and then we'll see where we are. One step at a time. That was Cook County's president of the Board of Commissioners, Tony Preckwinkle, and the superintendent of transportation, Jennifer Sis-Killen. Thank you both. Thank you for inviting us. And you just heard President Tony Preckwinkle point us towards transit agency leaders to get some detailed answers on transportation equity. So let's do just that. For a big picture look at how we move toward transit justice in our region, we now turn to the executive director of the Regional Transportation Authority, Leanne Redden. Leanne, thanks for being on Reset. Thanks for having me. For listeners who aren't familiar, Leanne, can you tell us what is RTA? So RTA is the Regional Transportation Authority, and as it says in our name, we are the only entity in the transit space that really has to think about the region as a whole. But largely what we deal with is funding and oversight with the three operators in our region, that's CTA, Metra, and PACE. So we, we do have to take that big picture, as you mentioned, and think about the region as a whole and the impacts of the transit system across the entire region. And ridership has gone down during the pandemic, as we noted earlier. What can you tell us, though, about who has been riding trains and buses in our area? Well, from the research and the recent survey that the RTA commissioned, we have learned a lot about our current ridership. Um, and primarily, our data has told us sort of what we were seeing and, and sort of visually um, observing was that most of the riders on the transit system throughout the pandemic are people of colour, so black and brown riders, and people also who are experiencing low incomes. And the data has sort of played that out. Really what it has told us that, you know, the transit system has been absolutely essential uh, for keeping, you know, people getting to and from jobs in our region through the pandemic, keeping the economy still moving, uh, as, you know, many uh, other riders who have taken a pause from riding transit have been working from home. And so it's really been heroes, transporting heroes, to maintain um, access to jobs and keeping businesses and services operational through the pandemic. So for the folks who are still riding during the pandemic, the greatest needs sound like being able to get to and from work? Largely, yeah. I mean, that's really what it has been. And, and especially the, our, our research and our survey has told us that it's people who 
you know, need to perform in-person type work, um, you know, getting access to uh, warehouse distribution centers, uh, hospitals and medical facilities. Um, and it's not just for the people trying to access and use those services, but it's also, you know, the, the workers, the um, the janitorial staff, the support staff that work in many of those big uh, amenities. But getting people to, um, you know, um, supermarkets and, and places that, you know, we've all depended on throughout the pandemic and have really been essential for all of us. So what role then can the RTA play to just make life easier for, for folks trying to access these jobs or schools or healthcare? Well, I think I think our focus has really been sort of shoring up the transit system and making sure that those uh, essential workers and those essential rides are provided throughout the region. And I think it's as, as much about access to opportunity and making sure that we're here and available right now through the pandemic, but also that we're here and available as we look to recover from this pandemic. So as people come back to work um, and really make sure that, you know, we are focusing on providing enough revenue and and funds for the three operators to continue to operate. Uh, We rely on a combination of funding and part of that is transit fares. And when we saw that significant, essentially almost overnight drop in ridership, that had an impact on budgets, but we still had to maintain the services. So making sure that there were sufficient funds available for each of the three operators to continue to run during the the pandemic. I want to get your take, Leanne, on a question that I asked in my conversation with President Tony Preckwinkle. I pointed out that CTA, PACE, and Metra only have discounted fares for students and people with disabilities and, and seniors, while there are cities like New York and, and San Francisco and Denver who they give discounts to, to riders who live under the poverty line, for instance. So can you tell us what's stopping us here in Chicago from doing that? So, well, first of all, I, I want to thank Cook County and President Preckwinkle for the leadership and the support that she has provided in that uh, South Side and South Cook pilot, um, because a lot of it comes down to money. I will clarify, though, we do provide uh, as a region uh, discounts to people with low incomes uh, that are over sixty-five and/or with disabilities. Uh, but we, you, how does you're it correct. work? How does it work for the low-income uh, They apply folks? through the state's benefit access program, and once they're eligible for that, then they are eligible for the reduced and free ride programs. Um, if you're, um, and, and so I think the, the, the question that remains for all of us is, especially in these tight financial times, is uh, I th- if we wanted to provide more rides to uh, more people at sort of further discount or even a free um, rates, then that we, we need to find revenues to support those that, that loss of revenue for us. The buses and trains still have to kind of keep running. And, and so how do we fund that deficit is, has always been a question. I think we, though, um, are moving into a final stage of our recovery planning for this region in terms of COVID recovery. And that is going to be one of the very critical questions that we're going to be looking at and looking at how can we effectively but also um, perhaps innovatively um, look to provide better access to the services that the three transit, CTA, Metro and PACE provide across our region. There are some people who are asking, you know, since ridership is down because of the pandemic, why should we be investing more in public transportation right now? What are your thoughts on that? I think we need to be investing in transit. One thing that we have, the pandemic has shown all of us that public transportation was absolutely critical for everyone's uh, survival through the pandemic. 
Uh, I think it is going to be even more critical as we look to recovery going forward. Uh, and that actually investing in the infrastructure that we have um, is, is absolutely essential as part of that. One of the things our survey did tell us from the people that are writing even the transit system now is what they expect of us is to keep investing in that infrastructure so we can provide them safe, reliable um, and on-time transit services. And that's going to become even more important as we look to sort of expand service, bring back some of the services that have been put on hold during the pandemic. Uh, and, and really welcome back the riders. The, the transit system really and the three operators, CTA, Metro and PACE, have really created you know, a, a culture of COVID prevention and it has been safe and reliable. We need to make sure that we are here uh, and available as the economy looks to recover and people return to work and, and hopefully uh, a more normal life. Um, we have a We've been facing really decades of underinvestment in the transit system. And while we have seen uh, some turnaround in that with state passing a capital program a couple of years ago, uh, this, the federal government now talking about a massive infrastructure program, all those dollars are, are very much needed in the system so we can be here uh, and available for, that re for our region's recovery. What changes could we see down the line to, to our transit system here in Chicago? Well, I think what we are initially planning for is to bring back all the services that we had before to meet the needs of riders. But I do think, and one thing our, um, our ridership survey that we ran through the pandemic is telling us, that there, there might be some tweaks to the system that we have today. Uh, we know people are largely going to come back uh, and return to transit, but they may not be riding five days a week. Uh, we all know we've all pushed the limits of, you know, working from home and telecommuting. And I think that some of the aspects of that are here to stay. Uh, so the transit system needs to be um, available um, and, and reliable for everybody. But I think we also highlighted through the pandemic that we need to be providing those critical services. Transportation is not just about ridership and transit is really about access to opportunity. It's about access to jobs. And it's not just in and out of the downtown urban core, it's across our region as a whole. And our transit system is really um, a, a gem that we have and, and many regions around the country, you know, have been envious of a, a large system that the, the Chicago metropolitan area has. And we need to make down, I would say we need to double down on that investment and look to um, provide the existing services that we have, but also thinking as we move into our phase three of our recovery planning work, mm -hmm. working across the region to think about uh, how can we do things that are a little bit different? We've already, you heard about um, Cook County and the, the South Side um, modifications that they're looking with the South Cook Fair Transit Program. But we're also um, piloting several other programs around the region. We've done some pilots with Oakbrook and Bannockburn and accessing, providing um, uh, more flexible demand responsive type services, partnering with Uber and Lyft and MoveIt. Uh, we're looking to demo a, uh, provide a new demo in the Bedford Park area, which is about providing access uh, to people to, uh, from uh, south and uh, near, west sub uh, near west side of the city to uh, some of the warehouse and uh, distribution centres, uh, O'Hare Cargo area, uh, Bedford Park area. And so some of those more creative demand responsive pilots are some things that we are looking to see how they're working and can we right. look to expand and enhance those. That was the executive director of the Regional Transportation Authority, Leanne Redden. Leanne, thanks so much for coming on. 
Thanks for having me, Sasha. And that's today's reset and a wrap on our latest Closing the Gap series. If you missed any of the other episodes this week, go back into your podcast feed or do a web search, Closing the Gap plus WBEZ's Reset to find all our past Closing the Gap series. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you back here tomorrow for our weekly news recap from Reset and WBEZ Chicago. At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts.